You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And Ken Barkley, they bring you the betting insight, laughs, and some rants along the way. Whatever you prefer. Your last name is Dick or Prunty. I think I choose Dick. You'd rather be Nick Dick? I think so. We'll give you an edge to beat the spread and so much more. We project the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win 5.1 games. They're not supposed to be very good, if you could tell. It's rare to have an NFL win total, especially in a, a perceived bad division. You're not going to have like a five a lot of the time or a five and a half. It's just like hard to do. What do we call that? Wagertainment. It's you better you bet from BetQL. It's you better you bet presented by Bet. I bet MGM here on the BetQL Network. Sean Morash in for Nick Costos. Ken Barkley here as well. Joining us, if I have this right, is he here? Yes, Pat is good. Pat Garrity, who is an NBA front office analyst for Stadium, a former first-round pick. He went 19 overall, played a long time in the NBA uh, predominantly with the Orlando Magic, was once a three-point contest member as well, has seen it from all ends, and will be with Shams on Stadium a little bit later on for some NBA draft coverage. Pat, welcome aboard, man. Thanks for joining. Nuss, it's good to be here, man. Things are heating up. Yeah, yeah things, that's, that's, things that's are an heating up. <laughs> Before we get into what's actually going on tonight, um, something that always bothers me tonight, always bothers me tonight, is guys who have to put the hat on for a team that they know damn well they're never going to play for based on the way these trades get structured. And you, I'm pretty sure this happened on draft night, right? You were taken uh, in a selection where the Dallas Mavs own your rights, and then you were part of the Steve Nash trade that sent Steve Nash to the Mavericks and the rights acquired. Was that a draft night spot where you were putting on a Mavs hat and knew you were just going to end up in Phoenix? Well, well, no. So it was a three-team trade. I, I was drafted with um by by the Bucks. And so I put the Bucks hat on and it wasn't until I was walking to do media that a, the Phoenix beat writer stopped me in the hall and told me about the trade. And in the meantime, someone from the NBA had gone to like my family's tables, taken everyone's Bucks hats, gave them Phoenix hats. Luckily my mom like stashed a Bucks hat and put it in her purse. So I think I still have that hat somewhere. But uh yeah, that, that was my draft night experience. Honestly, like when you're getting picked 19th, you're just happy you're not still in the green room at the end. So I didn't care where I was going. Yeah, obviously we'll we'll wait and kind of see like who does anybody have that similar experience tonight? There seems like there might be a bunch of trades. Pat, good to talk to you for the first time too. You and I have never talked before. Um, it, it seems like the only thing we know for sure, like with any certainty whatsoever, is that Victor Wembanyama is going to be the first pick. 
of the San Antonio Spurs, you know, there are already markets open. Like how many games do you think the Spurs are going to win next year? Wembenyama is already a huge favorite to win rookie of the year. I remember Chet Holmgren's eligible to win rookie of the year also. Just kind of like, what do you think in his first year, what are realistic expectations for this guy? Like, do you, do you agree that he should be a really big favorite already to be rookie of the year? Yeah, I think he's going to be rookie of the year because I think he's going to put up, he's going to put up some, some insane defensive numbers just in terms of blocks and in terms of his ability to protect the rim. I, I just, I just can't see him not being immediately impactful on the defensive end. I think it's, it's going to probably take a little time offensively. Like I'm sure San Antonio is going to have him shoot threes. I doubt that his percentages are going to be great, but anything around the rim, like he's just so big and long you would expect that he's going to be able to finish and, and post pretty efficient offensive stats with how they're going to play him. I, you know, the, the thing that, that I'm really interested to see how it plays out is that does he have the potential and the ability to be an all defensive team selection as a rookie? And there's, there's only been four guys in the history of the NBA who have done that. Ironically, David Robinson and Tim, Tim Duncan are two of the four. Uh, so, so I think that that's a realistic possibility. If he does that, that's obviously a historic accomplishment. Pat, uh, you obviously spent some time in the front office with the Pistons, served as an assistant general manager. Me and Ken were just talking before the break about how this craziness we're talking about in the betting market right now between you know Scoot Henderson and of course what's going on with Brandon Miller and and your guy Shams is you know leaning more Scoot here at number two overall. Woj sticking here with the possibility that's Brandon Miller. But what I really want to know is from the front office point of view, you know, we've known Victor Wembanyama is going to be the number one overall pick forever. How is it that we could be sitting here three hours from draft time and the Charlotte Hornets still can't figure this out? Is I mean, is that unusual from a front office perspective? Well, I've never been in, in a situation where, where I've been there where we've had a pick that 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 early, two two or three. You know, to me, it sounds like the kind of thing, and, and this is where you can get into a little trouble, is with these with these draft workouts. And you do all this work over the course of a year, and it, and it shoots takes two years where he's been in the G League. And then you go through the process, and you do these interviews, and you do workouts. And if a guy has one bad workout, that, that the recency of that can totally cloud your judgment relative to all the scouting work you do. And, and, and I don't know if, if that's what happened in this case. I think it's also possible, and this happens a lot, where, you know, coaching staff has strong opinions on one guy versus the, the front office. That could potentially be what's going on right now. And, and, I mean, I think that just when you look at these two guys, I think there are cases to be made for both. I, I, I think personally, I think Scoop probably has – the higher upside if you're talking about who has the better chance of, of being an all-NBA player. I think that there's also a chance that if he doesn't develop as a shooter, he just becomes, you know, maybe a really good player and, and a, a scoring-type guard who's small. And you're looking at, you know, you could have had Brandon Miller, who's the 6'9", prototypical NBA wing that can shoot threes, but maybe is not athletic. And that could be the thing that is, that, you know, prevents him from ever becoming an, an all-NBA type player. So I think that there's arguments for for each one, and I just can't wait to see what they do. I I personally, in the end, think that they probably go with Brandon Miller, but who knows? I, I have no insight there, really. Well, yeah, and it's uh, 
I mean, definitely you're not alone, Pat, because I can tell you the betting market for the second overall pick. I mean, this is like, you know, if you had any information, this is where you would go to express that opinion. You'd be betting into this market. No one can agree on what these what the prices are supposed to be on Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. They've been bouncing back and forth the whole day. The market's all just reopened essentially as a shrug emoji. Like they're both like minus 120 each way. They're both basically it's like you can bet kind of 50-50. It's going to be Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson. Seems like kind of nobody knows what Charlotte's going to do. And we could kind of play it out both ways then. If Charlotte takes Scoot Henderson at number two or Charlotte takes Brandon Miller at number two, then we go to Portland at three. And obviously all the rumors are they've been shopping the pick. Is Dame Lillard still going to be on the team? I know you said kind of your best guess is that Charlotte goes Brandon Miller at two. We could play it out that way if you want. What do you think Portland does at three? Do you think they make the pick? And who do you think they take? Well, they just pick whoever is available, and I think that given the situation that they're in, it's it's actually it's actually probably with the Dame situation the best possible position they could they could be in right now because they just pick whoever doesn't get picked by Charlotte, and whoever if they decide to try to split the difference and be good now and also keep either Brandon or Scoot, they can go that way or. Um, if, if they decide that they're going to go full on rebuild, like that was the only chase choice they could have made anyway. And so they're going to have that player and they'll, they'll go about and do their Dame business. So um, I don't think that the Dame decision really one way or the other is going to affect what they're going to do. They're just going to pick whichever of those two is there. So with that, then you think there's probably no room for surprises at three with Portland because, you know, there's been some rumors how good is Amen Thompson. You still bet him up a little bit. You think it's pretty clear cut that those three should go three and we, we shouldn't be in for much of a surprise until four starts. I think so. And, and I think that Amen has, with his athletic ability and his size, he obviously has the potential to be a fantastic player, but he's not a player that I think you can make an argument is going to impact winning right away. And Brandon Miller and Scoot probably aren't either. Uh, but, but I think you can make the case that they have a better opportunity, particular Brandon Miller with his ability to shoot the basketball to play right away in a situation where you're a Portland team trying to win. Pat, is it, is it as simple then, you know, if we kind of play the draft out this way and I think, you know, you're obviously you're slotting the favorites to go in these spots. There's a really real chance that, you know, eight o'clock, eight 30, this is how the first three picks goes. Is it as simple as Amin Thompson at four? He is a very big favorite to be the fourth overall pick Houston, I believe picks fourth. Is it as simple as he just goes fourth or is there room for some ambiguity there? I don't, I don't see any ambiguity there. I think that, I think he, if you look at everybody who's evaluating the draft, he's kind of, you know, it, it, the next guy in line, I think he makes a lot of sense with, with Houston. Um, you know, what I, what I would like to see them do just as a, a fan and, and look at their young team is, is find a way to, to move on from Kevin Porter Jr. and then have a men get in there and build a core with he and Jalen Green. And those are your two guys who are ball handlers and high energy. And my God, that's an athletic backcourt. Um, and, and so I think that really th- this pick right here at four just comes down to upside. And I think he, of of the next guys that you're talking about, whether it's Oscar, Anthony Black, Jairus Walker, Cam Whitmore, I, you know, I think it's, it's settled that he probably has the highest upside. I think the most important question on draft night we all want to know from somebody like you, Pat, is how many phones and how many chargers are at Shams' uh, beck and call at all times tonight? 
No, Shams, Shams probably has like the, the portable charger that isn't even available on the market yet that they're like, you know, <laughs> they, they send him for free because they, they, they know that he's, uh, he's if, if he can use it and, and stay charged, you know, it's going to be a good one. Um, but, yeah, no, he's – look, I think that guy for the next week or two probably doesn't sleep and he's just glued to that phone. He's, he's incredible what he's able to do. Yeah, and it's crazy, Pat, because you're able to approach it you know, obviously you played, and so you're able to offer a bunch of valuable insight as a player. But obviously having a front office role too, like I, I'll often see these tweets, maybe not anymore because they've been around for so long, like Shams and Woj have been doing this for so long. But especially the first couple of years, I would just be like, how like, how do they get everything so fast? Like, how do they get it? And a lot of it, obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, is is sources and who, who they have. Like, have you ever been on the other end? And you don't have to say who it is or what the situation was, but like, have you been on the other end of like an insider situation where like you gave info, it ended up out there? Maybe it wasn't supposed to, or it was supposed to. Like, can you just kind of give us a little bit about how that works? You don't have to get specific, but I think it's all just so interesting to people. Yeah, you know, I, I will say a, a lot of that stuff, um, you know, when you're like, how does it get out so quick? You know, a lot of it's kind of preloaded and the source, you know, tips them off and say, this is going to happen. But like, Please do you know don't do not tweet this until I get a chance to talk to the player if it's a trade, and then we'll give them like the thumbs up that it happened, and then the pre-written tweet will get just like you know slammed and, and get out there. Um, yeah, you know I as in this you know there's player there's there's people who work in front offices at lower levels that try to get into this this game quite a bit is the kind of like the brokerage of information, I stayed away from it. I, I you know, I, I had good relationships with those guys and would try to provide contacts, but that's usually something that like a GM or a president, you know, it just in terms of a relationship uses kind of strategically. And you don't want to be a guy out there like freelancing for your own benefit with that kind of stuff. Pat, we got about a minute, 90 seconds. What's the food spread looking like in that green room when you're a first round pick? Well, I, well, you know what? With uh, looking at what the salary cap is now, which I think is kind of in the hundred and forty million dollar range compared to when I played, which was you know forty million dollars, it's probably a lot better, maybe a little healthier, you know, because everyone's so concerned now with you know wellness and things like that and rest. Um, so, but I'm sure I'm sure it's just incredible. Um, but guys' heads are, are spinning, right? Like they're there's this is such a surreal night for, you, you know, you, if you're a draft prospect, you're dreaming about this point. You're going through all these interviews and answering the same questions, and then it's finally over and you're on to the next thing. It's, you know, these guys don't have a minute to think, so I don't know if food is going to be their biggest concern. <laughs> fair fair point. And, uh, yeah, salary cap. I just, yeah, you look at the TV contracts now, the salary cap's only going up. Uh, Pat, we have like 30 seconds left. I thought you did a great job. Hey, here's kind of the order one through four. Here's that next group of prospects who could kind of go after those guys. I think everybody's always looking for a sleeper. Here's a guy who can go in the top 10. Here's a guy who's like rising up draft boards. Are there a couple guys? We got about 30 seconds left. A couple guys who fit that description for you? Yeah, I think when you when you talk about sleepers, I think Kobe Bufkin's a guy to keep an eye on. And I think he's been really impressive in his workouts and, and people love what he's about. Um, you know, another one, I, you know, Detroit at five is another one where I haven't looked at the betting lines there, but I think that there's not great clarity there, whether it's going to be Asser, um, uh, Thomas or, um, or, or Jarris Walker. Um, so that, that's another one. I think that, you know, you could see some diverging things happening depending on what they decide to do. 
Pat Garrett, he's the front office analyst for Stadium, where you can catch him tonight next to Shams, doing a little NBA draft coverage there as well. Former first-round pick as well, part of a Steve Nash trade, former assistant GM of the Pistons. Pat, you were great, man. Thanks for all the insight. We appreciate it. Thanks, fellas. Great being with you. Take care. Pat Garrity. Good spot. Looking at it from all angles. Would, Sitting next to Shams. What would you want your food spread to be if you got drafted? What do you want your food spread to be? I was just curious. Are we going – I mean, the families with them too. Are we going like heavy pasta dishes? Is this a wrap scenario? Is it – Then you're going to like take a nap. Best? Get drafted. You're going to be like, I got to go lay down. If you got like full of like you're rigatoni or something. You know, I get it. The green room. Yes, I understand these are prestigious athletes. The families and everybody around them too. Can they not eat? My father would be starving. What are you, nuts? You better you I think, bet. I think it's healthy. I think, I think I gotta go healthy because, like, I gotta be up like the whole night. Like, what am I doing? Yeah, I'm gonna awesome. have what, a steak. Don't, so, don't no. give me a chickpea salad. Enough. It's no. you better you bet. <laughs> Presented by Bet MGM here on the Beck All Network. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the Bet QL Network.